Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome back in. It's the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon live at the South Point Hotel, Casino and Spa in Las Vegas, Nevada. My partner, Mr. Michael Lombardi, the star of the show, comes to us via Ocean City, New Jersey here on a Friday, the 23rd day of July. Hour number two of the program. And uh, hour number two kicks off, Michael, with it looks like it's just about official. Texas and Oklahoma headed to the SEC conference. And I was really stunned by this when this came out a couple of days ago. But now Chip Brown of 24-7 Sports is saying it's basically a done deal. Texas and Oklahoma, the founding members of the Big 12 Conference, are leaving the league, barring any unforeseen circumstances. They will join the Southeastern Conference, a high-level source close to the situation, told Horns 24-7. Obviously, this changes really the entire landscape of college football. It dilutes the Big 12 incredibly, arguably the best two teams in that conference. Um, are, are you saddened by this, or is just this just the nature of the business here these days? Well, I'm saddened by the whole thing of college football. I mean, you know, it's the only sport. Jimbo Fisher said this at his press conference on, uh, I think it was Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. He said... It's the only sport, college football, where not everyone gets a chance to compete for the national title. Look, we know the NC2 tournament brings 64 teams in, but they earn their right, and there can be some surprises. We've seen it. Nobody's really won the championship, but at least they've given an opportunity to compete. Whereas if you're not a Power 5 school, 
if you're not one of the top 60s, you're not even getting a chance to compete. You know, what does the Big 12 do from here? Do they take on SMU? Do they bring in some of the All-American Conference? I mean, I think it's going to be really challenging, and the Southeast Conference is the power player. I mean, I think we're going to end up having two or three conferences before it's all over. I think the ACC, the Southeast, and the Big Ten, I think those three will be the conferences. I think all the other teams will have to join in the Pac-12. But I do think it's not really going to be good. I wonder where A&M is in all this. A&M did not want Texas in there. You know, they have their normal rivalry between Texas and Texas A&M. Texas A&M went to the Southeast Conference early. This is going to cause some real problems, I think, in terms of uh, recruiting and how they handle the finals. I mean, my question back to you, Brady, is if they're only going to take four, six teams, how many teams are they going to take from one conference, especially if you don't get to the conference championship game? Yeah, it's going to be an SEC tournament playoff, right? Oklahoma. Right, yeah. I, I mean, mean yeah, Oklahoma so. was absolutely a, a darling in a lot of people's eyes to not only win the national championship this year, but go to the playoffs. Of course, you've got Alabama defending their title. And, uh, you know, what is your thought, Michael, on why they would want to leave? Now, apparently these two schools, Texas and Oklahoma, will owe the conference a lot of money for their departure. But why do they want to go to seemingly greener pastures in the SEC? I think they want to go because I think it's affected their recruiting. I think that recruiting, they're hearing the Big 12 isn't a top-level conference. That if you want to be a pro player, you got to go to the Southeast Conference. That you know, I'm not saying any of this is true. This is not Michael Lombardi's opinion. But to me, there's a cause and effect of what happens, and the cause might be it's affecting them in recruiting. That the, that the Southeast Conference is the is the dominant conference, and unless you're part of the big boys, you're really not part of anything. And so that's what leads them there, and plus the financial rewards. Look, you wouldn't be losing money to go if you didn't think you were going to recruit greater sums of money. I mean, nobody's making bad business decisions. And the, Texas has the Longhorn Network. I mean, think about it. I'm sure when they recruited Steve Sarkeesian to go to Texas to become the head coach this year and, and paid off uh, the entire Texas staff, you know, and, and Tom Herman, they knew they were going to get a bunch of money coming from this deal. This was not something that just came in their idea this past April. Do they now have to redo all the schedules, or do you think Oklahoma and Texas still play their same schedule this year if this thing does play out and make, is made official? I think they have to play it, right? I don't think they're pulling out until the I, – I, I didn't read the release, but whatever Chip Brown reported, but i got to believe they can't pull out until the end of the season. Okay, so maybe it would happen next year. That would be interesting, kind of like a lame duck season for Oklahoma and Texas. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, is that possible when we handicap it? Are, are they maybe kind of mailing it in possibly? I don't know, but look, the, the one thing Oklahoma's had an advantage of, they played weaker teams and get to the Final Four. I mean, the Big 12 has been a really easy way. You, they, they give you an entree into the Final Four without having to go through the, the, the battalion, the march. You know, they don't have to go through the Hurricane Forest to get there. They, all they have to do is beat a couple teams in the Big 12. Yeah, no doubt about it. The SEC will be more difficult than it has been for the Oklahoma Sooners and Texas Longhorns in the Big 12. Welcome to all of you just now joining us. It is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon here in Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi with us via Ocean City, New Jersey, talking about Texas and Oklahoma. I guess this is uh, much closer to becoming completely official now that they will join the SEC. We'll see how that story develops from here. I want to switch 
over to yeah. the NFL. Yeah, Mike, yeah, go ahead. Before we go, Brady. Before we before we go, I think it's better. It's like everything for us here at Veasan has to come back to how does it impact the people betting. And I think, really, I think what we're going to see now with the Southeast Conference is once Oklahoma and Texas get in there, we will be able to handicap these teams and study the Southeast Conference and be able to get more accurate lines than we ever could have gotten before. Level of comp will be better, right? And we'll be able to watch that conference closely. Like, I strongly urge people that want to bet college football to not look at college football as a diner menu. Like, don't order, don't order the steak at a diner. Don't go into the American Conference if you really don't know it. Don't bet the MAC if you don't know it. Only bet things that you know really to be true. So if you study the Pac-12, bet the Pac-12 teams. Treat them like pro teams. Study them. And then when, they, when you can find a line that's not right or out of whack, because in college, as you know, Brady, some of these lines aren't accurate. Some of these lines, I mean, one year, two years ago, when Chris Ash was the head coach at Rutgers, that Rutgers line wasn't right. Thomas Gable couldn't get a Rutgers line right, even though he doesn't have Rutgers on their menu. But the book couldn't get Rutgers line right ever. One year, Akron's line couldn't get right. So my point here is, now that if they come in there and we have this power conference of the Southeast Conference, right, you may, you may want to decide to play that as another NFL conference, or you may decide to just concentrate on the Big 12, understanding, but whatever you do, narrow down your search and limit where you bet. Don't go outside of your comfort zone. Yeah, narrow your focus and increase your expertise. And a lot of professional bettors, not only in college football, but even more so probably in college basketball, look to those smaller conferences where the general public, the odds makers, the media, everybody doesn't know as much about them. So you can typically find something that's off when you go to a Patriot League or the MAC that you mentioned or something like this. And to your point, the SEC now, it's becoming like the NFL. Those lines are going to be nearly right. perfect. It's going to be really hard to right. find an edge in the SEC because you've got just about every marquee team now inhabiting that conference. Boy, it's really going to be something. And uh, that, that conference title, uh, boy, Alabama just got a little stiffer competition, didn't they, with the Longhorns and the Sooners? Well, they got more, you know, they've gotten more competition. They've got more spread. And, and obviously, you know, Alabama, Nick Saban made his point very clear that with this licensing now, his players are going to get well compensated. I mean, what's the one kid, the quarterback, who hasn't thrown a pass yet for him? It could make upwards of seven figures. And that's the next arms race. That's the next arms race is, these, is marketing and how they can make money off their life, which they're entitled to do. Yeah, Lane Kiffin coming out and saying uh, that the uh, Alabama quarterback is already a millionaire. And like you say, has not thrown a pass yet. Uh, let's move over to the NFL here. The New England Patriots, their defensive back, Stephon Gilmore, he reported to the Patriots camp, and he was immediately put on the pup list, physically unable to perform. Um, what's the story here, Michael? They're still actively negotiating uh, to keep him around on the club, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. You know, Brady, when you break down the Patriots and you look at their team and you say, like, they've done a, spent a lot of money in the offseason and they've kind of reconfigured their skill position and they've added much uh, needed bulk, size, physicality to their front seven with the addition of Dante Hightower back to go along with some of their signings. So the only area that I think they're a little suspect, they're a little lean, 
is in the secondary, right? They need Gilmore. He is by far their best corner. J.C. Jackson intercepts a lot of passes, which is a good thing. Takes a lot of chances, which is a bad thing. And so if you move J.C. Jackson from the number two corner up to the number one corner, all of a sudden things start to fall apart for you. So in his role, he can play effectively. Same thing with Jonathan Jones as the third corner, not necessarily the second corner. I suspect they'll get that Gilmore's in camp. I suspect they'll get something done. This has always been the Patriots' modus operandi is do something for the players currently on their team when they've paid other players, which avoids the problem that's going on in Miami. Xavier Howard's sitting down there saying, hey, I'm the best corner on this team. I have 10 interceptions, and you guys made Byron Jones make more money than me? Where's my money? I think you have to be very reticent of that. Michael, are you ready to make a bet on the Patriots to win the AFC East in the neighborhood of 4-1? to one? Are you high on this team really turning it around from what they did last year? I will let you know. I'm going to go watch them practice against the Eagles. I'm going to watch them practice against the uh, Giants. And I'll let you know after that. You know, I, I'd like to take a look at how this all comes together. I think preseason offers us as betters a really unique opportunity. And... I urge you to not look at the team in its entirety. Look at the team in sections. Where are they deficient? You know, what do they lead? And do they have anybody who could fill that role? And when you do that, you don't get caught up on the ones and losses in the preseason, and you kind of can evaluate your team and see where they're going. So I'm going to reserve judgment. I think they have a chance. There's no doubt. They played Buffalo well last year, especially in Buffalo. You know, Cam's going in to score maybe to win the game, and he fumbles. Now, Buffalo won that game easily. They won that game. They deserve to win the game. But I do think that they'll play Buffalo better. They understand how to play Buffalo, and they'll attack Buffalo's, Buffalo's defense. Can Buffalo's defense generate enough pass rush? That's the key question. You know, A.J. Klein led their team in sacks last year with five. Jerry Hughes also had five. But when your linebackers are leading your team in sacks, when you're playing from in front like the Bills did, that means you don't have any pass rush. That can be a problem. You mentioned you're going to check out the New York Giants. Saquon Barkley has been in the news the last couple of days. He will also start training camp on the pup list. And when asked about his uh, physical health, he said, we'll see if he's going to be available for week one. Uh, what are your thoughts on Barkley? And is he maybe a fade for you as far as like a, a season total rushing yards? Or do you think he's going to be a little bit down this year? Or do you think he comes back okay? I don't know if he's if he's rope-a-doping me or not, but his comments haven't been where I think, oh, my gosh, he's ready to go, right? I mean, you read the same things I'm reading. I think he's a little – I don't know if he's, if he's playing with us or if he's kind of like, uh, you know, trying to take the path of least resistance in terms of not putting any expectations on him. But I'm, I'm, I don't get the sense that he feels like his knee's 100% yet, and that concerns me. What really concerns me is Jason Garrett. I mean, let's just go back to the opening game last year against the Pittsburgh Steelers. 16 carries for Barkley got six yards. You know how hard it is to do that? Not, not how hard it is for the Steelers to do that. How hard it is for an offense to hand the ball off 16 times and get six yards? Like, that means you have no play design whatsoever. That means you've done nothing to help them. I mean, anybody can draw a run to get some yards. Toss, crack, will get 12. His long gain, I think, was three in the game. I mean, like, really, you have no game planning when that's happening, and that's what I'm worried about. 
Let's look at some of the NFL rushing props that BetMGM has put out this week and its rushing yard totals and also touchdown totals for the top 20 running backs in the league. You can go over or under, of course, their touchdown total or their rushing yard total. And no surprise, Derrick Henry at the top of the board there. What is a little interesting, Michael, Derrick Henry, of course, had over 2,000 yards rushing last season. This year, the number is 1,525, 1,525 and a half. Any thoughts on Derrick Henry? Would you go over or under that number? Well, I mean, he's been remarkable. Will Hill had a, you know, Bill Hill, who who obviously is, Will Hill's the Mariano Rivera of this network. I mean, the guy pitches every single day. <laughs> he's on guest spots. I call him Mariano Rivera. I mean, he's throwing, I mean, he's on Follow the Money this morning. I listened to him. He's throwing heat every day. I mean, he's getting, he's getting out. So, I mean, I love him to death. It's great for him. But he had a great stat, he told me, you know, back two years of last year, you know, of the 31 running backs who had this 400 and more carries, 29 of them the next season fell off the cliff. Mm-hmm. And that was to, to anticipate perhaps that Henry would fall off the cliff, and he didn't. He doubled down and had the same kind of success. So I, I don't know what to do. Henry might be an outlier. I mean, he's so big. He's so physical. He doesn't seem like he tires. Will they miss Arthur Smith? Yeah, I do think they'll miss Arthur Smith a little bit. I think they'll miss him. But with Julio Jones back, don't you think he should be able to have a little bit lighter of a box, a little bit way more of a way to create some some running lanes for him where he just don't have to battle and thug it out all the time? I do. So I, I would lean over there, Brady. I would lean over. Yeah, I think it's a really tough number that the book has put up because I kind of agree with Will Hill that this guy can't continue to do it year after year. I'm of that belief that you you would want to go against him, especially now that he's done it twice in a row, lead the league in rushing. But that's a 500-yard difference uh, from what he did last year in terms of that number. So I I don't know if I want to go under that. I'm going to stay away from that one, I tell you, Michael. But uh, I was talking with this. It's 500 yards, Brady. It's 500 and yards. And there's an extra game in the season. Game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it, so it's a really your, big what, adjustment. What that number tells you, what that number tells you, and I'm not great at math, but that number tells you, you know, just by counting on my fingers here, that that's less than 100 yards a game. Yeah, I, I, it, it's hard that's to swap. That's less than 100 yards a game. Yeah, it's, and you know, I, I'm I see your point. How could you not take the over? But my belief is Derrick Henry, Henry will fall off a little bit. But just how much? It has to. And this, yeah. this is a very big adjustment. I'm with you, too. I, I, it's a trap. It's one of those that looks so easy. Like, you know, it's like in the old TV sitcom when Batman would go through a door. You knew he was going to get trapped in there. It's just too easy. Like, why would you do that? Like, you know, why would you do that? Like, I, I think I stay away. Like, those ones that look too easy, you know, as betters, we have to stay away. You know, the Penguins on the other side. Don't go in that trap door. I hear you. I hear you. Sometimes, you know, guys like Wes Reynolds and uh, Josh Applebaum, they like to go where the stink is. You know, put the hazmat suit on. Yeah, no, they do. They'd Ugh. be going under, I imagine, yeah, on put... Derrick Henry. Um, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, well, no, I, I would say Applebaum. I would say Applebaum in his celebration of all good things Boston yesterday. If the money's going under, he's going over. He's a true contrarian. Yes. He's a true contrarian. He's going opposite. No, no doubt. And I think the general reaction would be for the public to go over. They go, oh, 1,500. He had 2,000 last year. Of course he's going to nail that. He's got an extra game. I don't know. We will see. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. This is one Josh and I agreed on. 
Uh, I like over on that one, Michael. 1,100 yards, 1,100 and a half for Ezekiel Elliott. I I think he's going to have a good season. You talked about seeing those guys come into camp. They look to be in good shape. The offensive line is much more healthy. Uh, I I think he could have a good year, and obviously this year he's got a quarterback as as well. I mean, 17 games, 1,100 yards. What's that, 85 yards a game? I mean, you know, like Zeke Elliott has to be the man. If I'm wrong on Dallas winning the East, and I could easily be, it's because Zeke Elliott, and they win the East, it's because Zeke Elliott dominated and controlled the game. I mean, I keep wanting Zeke Elliott to be Alvin Kamara. I keep wanting Zeke Elliott to be Dalvin Cook. He's got all the skill of those two guys. More. He's bigger. You know, he's more explosive as a power back. And he can catch the ball as well as anybody. I mean, I think of all the backs, and some of this is Zeke's fault too because he's not in great shape. He's the Joel Embiid of the NFL. You know, he should be in better shape. And when he gets in better shape, like I think he is this year, and we'll see soon, then I think he can make a difference, and I would go over that, over the touchdowns and over the yards. The one guy I took a hard look at, Michael, was Antonio Gibson, uh, just over 1,000 yards, 1,025 and a half yards for the Washington football team back, Antonio Gibson. And I kind of like him over the total there. It's not necessarily a run-by-committee situation. He's a little bit more singled out in that offense. And I think this team is on the up-and-come, Michael. I, I really like what Ron Rivera has done, and I love the pairing with Jack Del Rio, you know their defense is going to be outstanding. Uh, I kind of like Antonio Gibson to have a good year and go over that number as far as rushing yards. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, I mean, the concern you had about their offensive line, they signed Leno from the Bears. That gives them a left tackle. They bring Flowers back. That gets them the left guard. You know, Cornelius Lucas is their right tackle. He should be a little bit of an upgrade over Morgan Moses. So, you know, I, I do think they can be better. And I think Gibson's a really good player, and I think their skill with Samuel, with the addition to getting Kelvin Harmon back, the sixth-round pick in 19, who I think can be a really good player for them. This offense should be able to click a little bit better this year, especially with the skill they have. So, you know, and if they get anything out of that Gandy Golden kid that they drafted in the fourth round who could really fly, watch out. So I do. I like Gibson. I think Gibson's a good player, and McKissick knows his role. His role is going to be the third down back. His role is going to be the nickel back. So with Gibson being the bell cow, you know, at 11, at 1,025, he should get that number. Michael, you know, I think the initial reaction on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would be to go over 900 and a half yards, but I kind of want to go under. Uh, the Chiefs are a little bit of a fade <laughs> for me this year, but I think people are going to say, oh, they added all this offensive line help. He's going to run wild. I'd say not so fast. I, I would go under on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Well, I think it's all predicated over what does Andy Reid want to do? I mean, what do defenses want to do? If you're going to double Tyreek Hill and if you're going to really put the wraps around Kelsey, then they got to give the ball to the back. Now, we know Andy don't like giving the ball to the back. We know that. You know, but 900 yards, Brady, isn't a lot of yards. I mean, you know, he could get that in a month and a half. A couple big games, a couple big runs. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm with you. It looks too easy to go over. And as we said, you know, don't go through that door, Batman. <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, were you thrilled with him? Did you think he was uh, an outstanding running back last year? I thought he was an effective running back. And I think, you know, when the first year running backs, the hard thing for running backs are is understanding who to block. Yeah. 
you know, who do I have in protection? Once I get sorted through that and I can start playing instinctively, we could get better. All right, we'll come back and see if we can make it make sense here in our number two of the Lombardi line. Brady Cannon and Michael Lombardi with you on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. All right, it is time to make it make sense. I've got a few plays today. I'll see if I can convince Michael to get on board with me here. And I will start on the Diamonds in Detroit, or excuse me, in Kansas City. The Kansas City Royals are hosting the Red Hot Detroit Tigers. How about the Tigers, Michael? They've won seven Patrick's in a row. Tigers. Yeah. He needs to I stay in he Michigan, back, man. He, he brought him good luck. He must, 
He must have went back there and gave him a deep, a, a, a real good speech and got them all lined up and ready to go. I mean, they're playing well, right? They really are. They've been exciting. And uh, I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm going to go against them today. And I'm going against the line move as well. I've got the Kansas City Royals uh, right in the neighborhood of like minus 124, I think is where I got them. And we've seen the action go towards Detroit here at BetMGM. The uh, Kansas City Royals are now a minus 118 favorite. So Monday has gone towards the Tigers, but if you look at the pitching matchup here, it's Chris Bubik against Wiley Peralta, and Bubik, his ERA and his XFIP are right around five. Th- that, that's not very good, but you look at Peralta, his ERA is like 1.64, but his, e- but his XFIP is almost five as well, so he's doing it with smoke and mirrors. For me, the XFIP is really a more true representation of how you're pitching, Michael. And the ERA, it it, it accounts for defense. It takes all the rest of the factors into play. And this guy really, I don't think, is pitching as well as his ERA would indicate. So I think, and I think it's kind of funny with, with as hot as Detroit is, and you look at Peralta's ERA, why is Kansas City favored? I, I, I think, uh, I think yeah. the Royals are the side here. Well, the only thing I would say to throw a little bit on it, I don't doubt what you're saying because Peralta's numbers look great on the surface, but then when you dig a little deeper, you're concerned. The Tigers are 7-6 and six against the Royals this season and have won seven of the last nine meetings. So, you know, I, I think that when you look at this, you know, uh, Peralta's 32 years old. His seasonal debut was against the Royals, where he was was three. The game was three to three in his first six in his first uh, in his first start. So, you know, I, I get where you're going from. I'm a little concerned about him being able to hold up, especially at age 32, and as people get a handle on what he's throwing. Maybe I can convince you of this one uh, a little more so, and maybe this is a play that uh, I have more confidence in too, and that's over the total in this game. Uh, I got it at over 10. It's up to 10 and a half, so Applebaum will like that. The steam's going towards the uh, the over there. Um, but again, we just talk about these pitchers, both with XFIPs over 5, or excuse me, Peralta just under 5, and uh, Bubik at over 5. Uh, I mean, there you're at 10 runs right there if you just go off of their XFIP. We know how the Tigers have been scoring runs lately, Michael. I, I think this game could be like 7 to 5 or higher. Yeah, and I think when you look at it, 57% of Kansas City's games have gone over the total. And 17 of the last 27 games have seen the Royals at home favorites gone over which is the fifth highest percentage in Major League Baseball. So, you know, when you get into the bullpen and when you look at Peralta's six starts for Detroit, they've gone over the current total at 10.5. In those games, Peralta's boasts a 5.30 ERA and a 6.50 whip. So eight of those 13 meetings with divisional rivals this season stayed under the single digits. So, you know, you might that number is slipping away for 10.5, but I do think that the numbers go over here. All right. Well, maybe we've made some sense of that one. One more here for you to dissect, Michael, and we go to the arch rivals, the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. You mentioned Applebaum was celebrating Uh-oh. everything Boston. Boy, that was uh, that was that really tough. Home if- run. I could hear him cheering. I could hear him cheering from my house. I heard him all the way down the Atlantic Ocean. I heard him cheering like crazy. Oh, the home run, the opposite field, you know. How about all the wild pitches? You ever see anything like that? Yeah. 
That, no, that no. Was... I mean, I have when I was the catcher <laughs> in Little League. Yeah, I have in Little League. I haven't seen anything like that then. Not a good night to be a Yankee fan, but uh, a new day, and I'm going to go under the total here, Michael. Garrett Cole taking on Eduardo Rodriguez. Rodriguez, uh, and his ERA is up there at 5.19, but his XFIP only a little above three. So this guy's actually pitching pretty darn well, and, and we know about Garrett Cole. I'm going under eight and a half runs here. I like it, and here's why I like it also, because both bullpens are in the top 10 in ERA. And what help? What helps you if you go under? You've got to have good bullpen pitching because the pitchers won't stay all the game, and so you get into the bullpen. And in this game, I think the under's in play because of those bullpens. Yeah, we'll see if the Yankees can bounce back and shore up the bullpen problems that they had on Thursday night. We'll come back with the aforementioned Josh Applebaum. He'll join us for the last half hour here to get his thoughts on the baseball market for your Friday as we roll on here inside the Lombardi line at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. are coming soon and there's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide is only 20 bucks, and discounts are available when you buy them both. Now's the time to reserve your copy or sign up for the VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Josh Applebaum now joins the program. It is the Lombardi line right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Josh Applebaum, our market insights sports betting reporter. You can find his market insights podcast at vsin.com slash podcast. Good morning to you. Good afternoon, Mr. Applebaum. Of course, uh, it's afternoon back there where you and Michael are. <laughs> and uh, we've got some news, uh, not only in college football, but uh, also in baseball. The Tampa Bay Rays, very active. We're just a week away from the trade deadline. They've already acquired Nelson Cruz from the Minnesota Twins, and now they're shipping uh, Rich Hill out to the New York Mets. Have you seen any change as far as division odds or anything like that? What is your opinion of these moves, Josh? Yeah, Brady, Michael, happy to be with you. Happy Friday here, guys. And yeah, you talk about the Rays, very busy, very active right now. Obviously, make the move there for Nelson Cruz, bringing a big bat. And this is a team that gets it done, but doesn't have a lot of power. So I think adding him to their lineup is a big, big advantage. Then they turn around and flip Rich Hill uh, to the Mets here. The Mets were desperate for pitching. You know, Rich Hill's had a pretty good year. He's 41 years old, but a lefty who is crafty, doesn't throw a million miles an, miles an hour. But he's so far 6-4, and 3.87 ERA. So the Mets pick up a pitcher here. Uh, obviously, the Rays, you know, bring in Cruz and then get rid of Hill. A couple things I'm looking at are division odds right now, guys. If you look at the Mets uh, updated numbers here. They're minus 250 to win the uh, the NL East here. Uh, I think the addition of Hill is definitely going to benefit them after losing, you know, Peterson and, and waiting on Degrom to get back. But I'm really looking at the Rays to make a move right now, guys, because the Rays, uh, as we speak, are plus 140 to win the AL East. The Red Sox are still the favorite, but that number is dropping a little bit. Red Sox are down to minus 115. I think they're about around minus 150 around the All Star break. So if you're looking for maybe a buy 
buy low spot uh, with the Rays getting a big bat. To me, the idea is, is jumping on them still at plus money, plus 140 to think if they can make a move here and win that AL East. Josh, let's talk about the development in the SEC and the Big 12. Of course, Oklahoma and Texas are, I guess it's just about official that they're going to depart. Now, what's interesting, our producer JJ was telling me over the break, uh, if the Big 12 decides to play hardball here, they might not actually get to play in the SEC until like 2025. Obviously, they want to get it done as soon as possible. Who knows when they will actually adopt an SEC schedule. Um, But how has it affected the market in what you've seen Josh, and I know you have some specifics on the Alabama Crimson Tide and their season win total. Yeah, so Michael, you know, all this news here about these two powerhouses maybe uh, leaving the Big 12, going to the SEC, it sounds like it may happen here. I automatically think about Alabama, how this might affect uh, the king of the SEC, Alabama here. So Michael, just some numbers. Alabama going into this year, their win total is 11.5. Now, what's notable to me is it's actually juiced up a little bit under, minus 115. Uh, Interesting thing here, they're plus 250 to win the national championship. They're minus 165 to win the SEC. They're far and away the SEC, uh, and as you would expect, the favorite here, the closest team, Georgia plus 230, and then no one else is anything better than 11 to 1. So really, the odds makers are saying the only, the only team who could really give Alabama a run for their money would be Georgia. But Michael, I'm looking at the win total because it's 11 and a half. It is juiced up a little bit to the under, but if you look at Saban and his track record there at Alabama, uh, 13-0 last year, his career record, 170 and 23. He's averaged 12.14 wins a year. He's gone over that 11 and a half win total in 10 of his 14 years and five of his last six years. So um, we're going to have to wait on whether you know Oklahoma and Texas go to the SEC but Michael what do you think about that over 11 and a half uh what do you expect of the new quarterback here and is it just hey you know don't outsmart yourself don't bet against Alabama take that over 11 and a half or are you wary well I think what you have to do is look at who do they play right so we they play Mercer they're not losing to Mercer they play Southern Miss they're not losing to Southern Miss they play New Mexico State they're not losing those games okay so where are they going where could they potentially lose games so they don't get to 11 you know they're probably not going to lose to Tennessee A&M will be a hard game uh, where Auburn is, I don't know, with the new coach and, and all the things they're changing. Arkansas is not going to be much competition. Can Mississippi State, you know, Mississippi's got a really good quarterback. Their team's going to be better, but will they be better on defense? Alabama's, I mean, Florida's got a ton of questions, and they open up with Miami. So when you sit there and think about it, I mean, it's hard for me to think when they get to LSU, they're not 4 0. They play LSU. They win that. They're five and zero, six and zero against the six and zero against Arkansas. Seven, eight. You know, and now all of a sudden they go. They're eight and zero against Alabama, against A and M, and they have four games to go. You know, I, I have a hard time finding where where do they lose those games? Unless you know, unless A and M's better than I think, and unless LSU's much better, which which could be the case, which could be the case. Josh, does it worry you at all with Alabama as far as the hit they took with the draft? I mean, you look at the star power that this team lost. Najee Harris, Devontae Devonte Smith, uh, Jalen Waddell. I, I mean, they lost a, a number of players on the offensive line. They just had a load of players go to the NFL. I remember watching the draft, and it was like, uh, it, it seems like everybody, you remember all those guys in the back there? They were high-fiving each other. I mean, it was all Alabama across the board. 
It really was, Brady. I think one of the funniest prop bets is like every year, it's like over under Alabama first round picks, <laughs> five and a half, six and a half. Feels like it always goes over. But uh, you are right, Brady. They're missing a lot of guys. A lot of guys went to the NFL. But uh, Michael, one thing that you mentioned to me uh, some Lombardi lines ago is, you know, Alabama, their second string guys, third string guys might be better than the other team's first string guys. So, uh, of course, when you have this yeah. machine of recruiting that, hey, you just pump out uh, the next great wave of players. And if you're a, a great young player, you want to go to the NFL, you have aspirations of, of being a pro player what's the best school to go to to get you there it's alabama so michael what do you think they got to replace a lot of these guys but you got to imagine that hey they got a lot of guys uh, lined up ready to go i mean just look at their offensive line they're going to start a rookie they're going to start a freshman at right tackle who's one of the most highly recruited kids in the country okay but the four other guys have, are juniors or seniors you know and then the defensive line is the same thing you know they're not counting on guys that have a lot of a lot of challenge, uh, not play time. You know, it's like a scout told me in the NBA. They go watch Kentucky play the practice because Kentucky's second unit that doesn't play a lot is better than a lot of teams' first units because of how they recruit. I think that's the same thing about Alabama football. Their seconds, when they get an opportunity, they shine. Josh, uh, we're running out of time here. We'll take this over into the next segment, but I want to shift over to the NFL and the drama in Green Bay continues. How is this affecting the division odds and specifically the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, so obviously we're waiting on Aaron Rodgers. Now it gets even worse in Green Bay with Devontae Adams breaking off contract negotiations here. Michael, my, my question to you, either now or after the break, is this the time to grab the Minnesota Vikings plus 250 to win that division? Yep. Uh, we'll talk about that next. And Mike Zimmer, Coach of the Year. Don't forget Mike Zimmer, Coach of the Year. All right, very good. A couple of bets to make and to talk about on the other side here as we roll on on the Lombardi line. One more segment to go, and then we'll throw it down to the guys at Circa. For the Nuts, Mike Palm and Amal Shah when we come back on the other side. Final segment with Josh Applebaum and Michael Lombardi. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. 
What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. $1 wager into $100 on the Yankees or the Red Sox to hit a home run with BetMGM. Just use the bonus code VSIN100 when you sign up for the king of sports books and get ready for showtime. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details. Make sure to use the promo code VSIN100. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. In Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C., 1-800-270-7117. In Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER. In New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Iowa and in Tennessee, 800-889-9789. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. The promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Brady Cannon continuing on here in the Lombardi line with our man Michael Lombardi and our guest Josh Applebaum. And before we went to break there talking about the NFC North and the uncertainty with the Packers and are the Minnesota Vikings a good bet to win that division Josh you mentioned plus 250 uh, I'm seeing one other store here in town now down to plus 170 175 so maybe somebody thinking like you are that this could be the time to jump in also want to note Michael your comment on Mike Zimmer as a possible coach of the year candidate here at BetMGM he is 25 to 1 yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, good it's great odds, right? And if you if you like if you like Minnesota to win and where they were last year, and if they win the division, you got to think Zimmer is going to get strong consideration because one of the reasons why he would is because his defense has played improved. I mean, last year they didn't have a defensive front; they really struggled. Dalvin Tomlinson comes in; that really helps. They signed Sheldon Richin. Richardson, that'll help a little bit. You know, Michael Pierce, he's not going to be there available for the first part of the game, but he comes back with a calf injury. So they've solidified the inside of their defensive line to the point where that should be better. Now we get Daniel Hunter back, right? Now we get Daniel Hunter back. And I think it's going to be really a personal thing for Mike Zimmer to improve. This defense was embarrassing for him last year. I think that's going to be. And offensively, I, I still believe they'll be very good offensively. They're going to be a team that can run the ball with Dalvin Cook. Their offensive line's much better. You know, and I, I think they've got a chance to improve, especially if Green Bay's going the opposite direction. Josh, your thoughts? 
I'm with you there, Michael. And, you know, again, we're thinking about, hey, I think the, the low-hanging fruit is what's up with the Packers. We're waiting on Aaron Rodgers. Now it gets worse with Devontae Adams, obviously. A lot of these futures are off the board for the Packers in terms of win totals and not knowing what to expect if it's Jordan Love. But, Michael, just in terms of the win total, you know, their win total with the Packers this year is nine. I think the, you know, the, the first thing I think about is, of course, that division odds, plus 250 and Brady. The fact you're seeing this number fall a little bit tells you that, hey, this is a quick, evolving situation where if you want to get uh, the, the – uh, um, the Vikings here to win that eight, that NFC North. Probably want to get them sooner rather than later if this thing continues to unravel for Green Bay, plus 250. Uh, but, Michael, the over-under win total for the Vikings is nine. Uh, you mentioned, you know, solidifying their defense. You know, they bring in Patrick Peterson as well, maybe long in the tooth, but maybe that's a benefit. Also, they draft Darisaw, that big tackle from Virginia Tech, maybe to, to uh, solidify that offensive line. But the win total is nine, Michael. They went seven and nine last year. When you look at the schedule, if you take away Aaron Rodgers and who knows with Devontae Adams, can they improve by three games? Can you cash that over nine with the Vikings? I think you can, Josh, because, look, you know, they, they're, we're playing 17, right? So you're going to improve there. They get an extra game. And I think they're a much-improved team. I mean, they're a much-improved team. I think the one thing about Patrick Peterson, now he led the league last year in pass interference calls. He got his hands way too often. He knows he can't run anymore. But Zimmer's really good when he has a veteran secondary. I mean, how long, how many more miles did he get out of Terrence Newman? I mean, Terrence Newman's kept playing to forever. And it was because he was smart, he understood the defense, and he played within the scheme of the defense. Also getting Paul Gunther back, I think, helps Mike Zimmer because it's somebody that he can share ideas with, somebody that can help him along the way as he's also the head coach. But the strength of this team has got to be the defensive front, and it's got to be Michael Pierce, it's got to be Tomlinson, those inside guys, and Hunter. You know, Barr's still a good player, Kendricks is a good player. You know, they can do some things. Danzler, I thought, was a good young corner for him last year, so... Look, they got a question mark at kicker. Greg Joseph will see what he can do. I mean, there's always a concern. But offensively, I like them. I mean, Darashaw's got to play well at left tackle. They got Rashard Hill, who they signed as a free agent off of Jacksonville's practice squad. He can be the backup swing tackle if they need him. We'll see. Josh, uh, you bring up the Saints and their season win total and the question marks about who they will start at quarterback. Michael and I were talking about this earlier. It's not just the Saints, but how about that week one matchup with the Packers? And we're seeing the point spread here uh, pretty much across the board in Las Vegas. The Saints favored by three points. I mean, who knows what that point spread's going to do uh, depending on who plays quarterback for either team. You're totally right, Brady. This is one that you got to keep an eye on because uh, what's going to happen with Green Bay? This is affects so many different things. The week one lines, the futures, the division odds, all this stuff. It all hinges on what happens with Rodgers and now with Devontae Adams. So that line, a lot of these books are off the board there, but some of them are still, you know, New Orleans minus two and a half. I saw some books that open three are down to two and a half, some that are two up to two and a half. So it's kind of hard to get a read on that. To me, until you know clarity on Rodgers, that's kind of a layoff situation. But Michael, I saw your conversation with Brady earlier. You guys were talking uh, about the the Saints here and the injury to Michael Thomas. You go back a few years, Michael Thomas was unbelievable. Uh, talk about playing fantasy sports. I mean, he was just uh, probably going to take your team to the, to the title a few years ago. Uh, but he's going to miss a lot of time here with his ankle surgery. It just got me thinking about the Saints overall, Michael. Two bets in particular. One, who's going to start at quarterback? The latest odds at DraftKings have Jameis Winston as a very short favorite to take the first snap uh, of, the, of the season here. He's minus 140 to take the first snap week one. That's about a 58% uh, implied probability 
probability. But also the win total, Michael. You know, Peyton's got his work cut out for him. Uh, you know, big challenge here for having to replace Drew Brees. They go 12-4 and four last year. Drew Brees is now gone. Their over-under is 9. Uh, but what's interesting is the over at some books is minus 115. We're showing even money here, or uh, minus 110 both sides. But I see, see a couple books that are maybe a little bit over. What do you think, Michael? Is Jameis going to be the week one starter? Uh, you know, how do they incorporate Taysom Hill? And what do you think about that over-under 9 in Tom Brady's division? You know, I, I think Jason will, Taysom, Jason, Jameis Winston will be the first week starter. Uh, but I, now with the Michael Thomas injury, I, I think they're going to have to be a little gadgery because uh, Taquan Smith isn't a number one receiver. Where are they getting their – where are they going to replace all these catches? You know, where are they going to replace 138 catches and 12 touchdowns that they miss? Is Nick Varnett – Nick Bennett, is he going to do it at tight end? I don't think so. So – and then the question marks on corner in the secondary. You know, they have Patrick Robinson started. They were going to sign Richard Sherman. Eventually, they were going to try to get an agreement with Richard Sherman. I don't think that's going to happen now because of the off-the-field incident last week. So their secondary is very suspect. Lattimore's a good player. Williams a good player. I like Malcolm Jenkins. But are they good enough on defense? Josh, I think that's the question. They lost a lot of guys. Hendrickson gave them a line of pass rush. Now they got to count on Peyton Turner to come through for him, a first round pick. And they got to count on Marcus Davenport, a guy they gave up a lot to get to really be a difference maker in their defensive front. I, I don't know if they are. You know, I know they'll benefit from the dome. That I do know. I know home field advantage will certainly help them. There's no denying that. And they're a bit, and Camaro is uniquely talented and he'll help them. So I think they're I I lean under here. I really do. Josh, let's switch over to the Diamonds. Uh, earlier, I was talking to Michael in our Make It Make Sense segment uh, about the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. I know you're still celebrating last night's uh, fiasco there uh, with the Red Sox winning that one uh, and the Yankees throwing all those wild pitches, a crazy finish, and not only a crazy finish on the East Coast, a crazy finish for a couple nights in a row with another great rivalry, the San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, but I am going to the under in this game today with Garrett Cole and Eduardo Rodriguez. How are you treating this one between the Sox and the Pinstripers? Yeah, so guys, I'm leaning Red Sox here. Uh, I like the Sox in this spot. Number one, you know, you Shocking. looked at last night. Shocking. And, uh, <laughs> and, and Michael, I had a prayer answered yesterday that the, the catcher for the Yankees could have used your catcher's mitt because uh, all those pass balls, man, yeah. I feel bad for Will Hill. Michael, did you see Will Hill uh, live tweeting that as a Yankee fan? That's about as rough as it gets. So, no. Uh, it's no. a tough one. <laughs> but I'm going Sox here, guys. What I like is that it's Garrett Cole on the mound, and the public is saying, give me Garrett Cole. You look at Cole's numbers. Been good this year. Erod for the Sox. He's been up and down. He started good. He hit a tough spot here. Been a little bit better recently. But to me, this is kind of a fade the trendy dog, sharp reverse line move to the Red Sox. This game open, actually, Yankees around a minus 110. Kind of a very short favorite here on the road. It's completely flipped to now Red Sox minus 115, minus 118. So the Red Sox here, uh, of course, have done well against the Yankees. You needed a miracle comeback yesterday. Uh, but they're 8-2 and two against the Yankees so far. You also see these spots where you see this 10-cent steam uh, or more on a home team. Done very well this year it's been kind of chalky to these home favorites that flip dog to favorite they're about 62 percent overall uh and of course michael still no judge and again the yankees have been competitive putting in guys that you never heard of but i like this move to the socks i like that everyone is betting cold in the yankees yet it's moving to the socks that's a buy low spot for me on the red Sox, michael where are you on the over-under? Brady and I talked about it earlier in the show. We both felt like the under was in play. These two bullpens, understanding the Yankees' bullpen let them down last night, are in the top ten. Where are you on the over-under in this game with Cole pitching? 
So it's kind of a lean for me, Michael. You know, I don't see too much either way. I did notice the eight and a half is juiced up a little bit to the over. One thing you got to look at here is uh, the weather at Fenway. You know, it's pretty hot out. It's about 85 degrees. You have wind blowing out a little bit. Uh, it's kind of a classic summer night at Fenway. Good hitting weather overall. Uh, you know, it, it makes sense to the under anytime uh, Cole pitches a game. I'm just worried that the juices to the over, what's going on there? It looks a little bit fishy. It could be a layoff spot for me with that total. I just like Rod, uh, Rodriguez and his ex-fip. His ERA is not too sexy, but his ex-fip is really good. So I think he's actually a better pitcher. Uh, and then, of course, we know about Garrett Cole. One more game, uh, Josh, that I know you're looking at, and that is the Angels visiting the Minnesota Twins. I like the over in this contest. Yeah, I'm with you on the over, Brady. 10, it's juiced up over, minus 120. Uh, you actually have the the the, um, the the Twins as one of the best over teams in baseball this year. You don't really expect it. The Twins and the Reds are both two teams really good to the over here. Uh, good weather out there in Minnesota. Again, another wind-blowing out situation. If you're betting totals in baseball right now, you got to get the good number early. you got to look at weather, wind-blowing out, and heat and humidity benefits and over. But I'm going Angels here, guys. Uh, the Twins t- uh, traded away Cruz. Big move to the Angels, like even money, now to minus 120. All right, gentlemen, enjoy your weekend. Thank you very much. Take care, Josh and Michael. Thanks, Brady. Good being with Appreciate you guys. You. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right, Thank you, Brady. Ne- next up, it is the Nuts with Mike Palm and Amal Shah right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.